social ladies. All the 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 social ladies. Now put your phones up. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Because if you're social, then you really should be tweeting less. If you're social, then you really could be leading less. You can't let what people say it's so mysterious. Because you're social, you're a leader and you're serious. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hello and welcome to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I'm Carrie Kirpin, CEO of Likeable Media, and I cannot tell you how excited I am to have my most special guests today. You know, we have a lot of different leaders on at Likeable Media, a lot of different leaders, people like Sally Krawcheck, people who lead large brands, people who work at agencies. We've got a lot of different people, but we have never, ever had the CEO of Future Leaders Development Officers That's right. Today, I'm introducing you to Anita Rosner, who has raised two beautiful, amazing children as the CEO of her household. And prior to being the CEO of her household, she was also self-proclaimed the Empress (laughs) of the Universe on Wall Street. Wait until you hear all about this amazing, amazing woman who has turned her blog, Snorkfest, into a Laughathon phenomenon. Welcome, Anita. Oh, laughathon! A lot. I can't even repeat it. A laughathon phenomenon. I That's like what it. I would say because it, the truth of the matter is, is when you do read snork, you you really can't stop laughing. Here's the phenomenon that I can't get over. Tell me. And it's funny because it is social. I'm ready. My readers tell me that they like to read it out loud to other people. It's true. They have like a group snork fest. Well, let me tell you something right now. That is something that we should record and use for social content. Oh, my Because goodness. that's pretty darn funny. Well, tell me, since we're starting talking about how hysterical it is, why don't you just <laughs> give me a brief overview of snork and what, what it means to snork, oh, in fact. Well, to snork, yes. actually, is uh, when you find yourself with a mouthful of beverage mm-hmm. and someone makes you laugh and it shoots out of your nostrils, that's snorking. So my intention is to make people aspirate beverages <laughs> through their nose when they read my blog. Uh, so it's a humor blog. It's a humor blog. It's a humor slash lifestyle blog. I find – well, I write about my personal experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and largely that's about food because I live to eat. So I have a lot of stuff on there about food and um, my family. Yes. Because I am the CEO. Yes. So uh, they take up 100% of my time. And uh, and life. And life. So tell me, speaking of family, mm-hmm. I have a lot of women on this show. In fact, that is the one commonality with all guests. Mm. We're all women. And we're all social ladies. We are. We're all social ladies. But tell me about when you had kids and you were the empress of the universe mm-hmm. on Wall Street. Yes. And you made the decision to stay home and raise your family, raise your children, mm-hmm. and devote it entirely to family. Tell me a little bit about that decision. Was it a hard decision? How did you know it was the right thing to do? I've got to know. Well, for me, it was not a hard decision because I always knew that somewhere along the line, and I'm kind of an old-fashioned girl, mm-hmm. and I don't apologize for mm-hmm. that, um, I always knew that I wanted to have children and stay home and raise them. So 
when I first got married, my husband said to me, you know, if you don't want to work anymore, you don't have to. And that sounded pretty darn good because I'd been working since I was about 14. So I was like, oh, that sounds really good. So I decided to stay home. And within the first uh, three weeks, I I realized that I had gone to a dark place when I was trying to figure out how to make, like, origami cranes out of his Mm. underwear when I was folding the laundry. Because this was pre-baby. This This was pre-baby. I had no kids. Like, you know, it was was horrible. You were like a lady of leisure I was a lady who lunches, but all my friends were working, so I had no one to lunch with. You lunched alone. I lunched alone. very sad. So I went back to work for a private investor uh, on Madison Avenue. Uh Uh-huh. And he was fantastic, and I loved the job. And, and then I was working there for a few years, and I got pregnant with our first child. So I said, okay, uh, I'm going to retire. And he said, well, we really want to keep you. And I said, well, I, I really want to be with my baby. And one of the things that he owned was Lamaze Magazine. So he said, we're very baby-friendly. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to give your baby his own office. So my on my fetus had, a, had his own office on Madison Avenue. Um, they set up a crib, a playpen. I brought him into work every day. I would be on the phone with the client while I was breastfeeding. I mean, it was really fabulous. Wow. Um, and I did that. And then, you know, we, were, we did that for about three years. And he, um, we spent every minute together. We would go to FAO Schwartz at lunch. We would go to Central Park for lunch. Um, when he was old enough to walk, he would deliver people's messages and faxes to their offices, and he was employee of the month every month. (laughs) But when I became pregnant with my second child, I said, I I can't bring two kids to the office. And even as I'm telling you this story, I feel as though I have to kind of justify that I was spending time with him and that it was good because people are so critical of... A choice that to me is as personal as what kind of shampoo you use. Exactly. I was going to ask you exactly that. Was, did you experience that when you decided to stay home? So you left. So I after left. After Simon. I, I left first. after Simon and when Juliet made the scene. So I was home with my two children. Okay. And um, I was fine until we would go to like a barbecue or a um, cocktail party and people would say, what do you do? Which is... Only in America can you get away with that. If you do that in another country, they think you're incredibly rude. It's mm-hmm. like saying, how much money do you make? Right. So you say, what do you do? I'd say, well, I stay home. I'm a stay-at-home mom. And it was like they shut off the lights and everybody went home because they would just stop talking to me. Really? I would have people literally say, oh, and walk away from me. Like I would have nothing to like say. Like there's nothing then to talk about. Yeah, nothing to talk about. Hmm. So I decided... Next time somebody asked me, what do you do? I would say, I am raising tomorrow's leaders. Because <laughs> I guess it sounds better than stay-at-home mom. I, it, it certainly does, but there's nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home mom. It just certainly sounds quite fancy. It does sound fancy. You're raising tomorrow's leaders. I am. Which is exactly what stay-at-home moms do. We You're, all do. We all do. We all do. It. I, I tried to explain to my daughter that she's she's a feminist and she has very strong opinions about all of this and... She gets very offended when um, she feels like there's oppression against women. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, you know, it's a woman's job to raise better people to not have that mindset. 
So if you're going to be home raising your kids, that's the most important job in the world because you are shaping the future. I, I completely agree. And I think from it's so interesting how no matter where you are in your life or your career, when you have small children, you always feel that judgment. Like I remember feeling like if I was at the bus stop and then I had to run to work, you know, how I, I felt like the looks of like, oh, mm-hmm. interesting choice, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just it's so hard to to have confidence in your own choices, like you said, and not even making excuses for like, oh, this is why I would leave, you know, the job or this is why I would do that. I mean, it's really about having confidence in your own your own choices and feeling good about them. Because no matter what choice you make, you're going to find someone to slam you. Of course. Um, now, when I decided, I was thinking about writing this blog. Yes. So on my Facebook, uh, I posted something. If I, to my friends, and I say friends with air quotes, <laughs> um, if I wrote a blog, would anybody be interested in reading it? And one of my friends. Quote friends. Friends. <laughs> Posted a comment, why don't you get a job? No. I swear to God. Did you defriend? I didn't, but we had a nice public back and forth chat, and that comment never came up again. But can you imagine? No. Because people don't consider staying home with your kids as an occupation, which... Also, why do people feel free to say such things? I have no idea. It's antisocial media. It is antisocial, mm-hmm. but it does happen as a result of social. Yes, and that's another reason why I started Snork because there's so much negativity on the internet. Yes, that I wanted to make a place where people could go where they will never be offended. I love it. Wait, on Snork, you would never ever be offended. You picture nobody will ever be offended on Snork. I will never put anything that's controversial. I won't discuss religion. I won't discuss politics. So it's laughter without being offensive. It's laughter and love. It's clean laughter. It's clean laughter. Well, I, mm. I get. <laughs> I... Perhaps, perhaps I should refer you to, <laughs> to a few a few Snork posts that I've read in my day. But it's non offense. It's non offensive. No, absolutely not. Good, clean. It's good, clean, cleanish. It's good, good cleanish, cleanish fun. It's good, cleanish uh, fun. I can be suggestive. Yes, but I never like cross the line. You don't really go there. My kids can read it, and yes. I and I'm not embarrassed yes. by that. Yes, not like when I posed for Playboy. I never posed ah. for Playboy. I'm just making that up. I love it. I love it. So tell me, actually, it's interesting that we're talking about the behavior that takes place in social. As a whole, do you feel like one thing that I often read about and I see some videos on and all different kinds of things about how social media, in fact, makes us more disconnected? Mm -hmm. Do you do you agree with that or do you feel more connected to the world with the use of social media? It depends on the media. Mm -hmm. The reason that I love Facebook over Twitter Mm -hmm. is that really the people on Facebook, I actually know them. Right. And they are friends of mine, even when they're being frenemies. Right. And. I feel connected to them because there are people who, like people I went to college with and high school with, and they live all across the country, all over the world. Yep. I have friends in India. I have friends in Israel, England. And we actually keep in touch, which would never happen before right. Facebook. Right. With Twitter, I really kind of don't get Twitter. I'm on Twitter because I have to be on Twitter. Right. Um, and, but here's what I love about Twitter. The majority, like almost all of my followers are fellow writers. Yes. But they're 
in two groups, which I find Ooh. fascinating. And when do you hear what the groups are? I'm ready. One group, they write Christian literature. Hmm. And the other group writes um, explicit erotica. Now, how did that happen? <laughs> I swear to God. Were you engaging with no, the... I- the Christians or the no. or the explicit erotica I, authors? I don't. I you know I, all they I, just something about snork. They just really. Well, well, here's all I can figure is my very first snork post. Yes, was called righteous, oh. and it was about me becoming oh. an ordained minister. Oh, and then later on, one of my posts was called my my new lover. Yes, with a suggestive picture. I know what that one was about. Um, and when I say suggestive, it was a woman putting a carrot to her lips. It was, in fact, you. It was, in fact, me. <laughs> let's, not, let's not pretend. Now everybody knows. Now they all know. They all know it's me. And it, yeah. But, it, but, the, but the post was really about my Vitamix. Yes. It had nothing the to best. do with sex. The best. That's as, as suggestive as I get. But somehow I fell into those two camps. Maybe from the titles that they started following, you know. Well, what does that say? Sharing. Well, I think what sometimes on social, one thing that I found is that people retweet and share articles without actually reading them. They mm, see the title. Mm-hmm. So if you saw Righteous, you mm-hmm. might share that if you were looking for content to share around Christianity. If you saw My New Lover, mm. you might share you might share that <laughs> if you were writing about erotica. So perhaps that could be why. But it sounds like you use Facebook to really feel more connected. I do. Yes. I do. And I also don't get it. Twitter gets a little stalkerish. You think so? Mm. Hmm. I get those direct messages from people who get a lot of the spam. No. No. Oh, direct messages of people who are very interested in more than just your blog? Apparently so. Oh, well, Anita. That does not are... happen to you? You know, I'm very Tell pub- the truth. I'm very publicly married. So I well, am like my identity is wife of Dave Kirpin quite often. So, Well, my blog, 90% of it's about my husband. It's true, but really you're the star. I'm only okay. I'm one I'm a couple star. We're we're a pair. Uh, so you you're see, a constellation. Yeah, we're a constellation. It's true. Maybe maybe my profile picture shouldn't be me in a bathing suit. Maybe perhaps, that's got something perhaps, to do with perhaps it. Perhaps that could be it. My profile picture is like me with a braid in my hair like I'm <laughs> like I'm Heidi. So, so I think that could be it. So tell me, okay. So you're a stay-at-home mom. You're raising those amazing kids. I'm trying. You are. Okay. They're starting to get older. Oh, yes. And you decide you want to start this blog. When did you decide you wanted to start the blog? And tell me a little bit about the evolution of that. Okay. Well, my nephew's wife said to me, you should blog. I knew nothing about it. So she sent me all these different websites where you could start a blog for free. I was like, okay, because I didn't really want to invest anything in this. And I've always loved to write, and I actually had a collection of short stories, and I thought about writing like a, a woman's cookbook that involves stories and blah, blah, blah. But I wasn't really ready to pull the trigger. So I went on WordPress, and I was goofing around with it, and I wrote Righteous. Mm-hmm. And um, I went to hit Preview, and I hit Publish. <gasps> So I so you started became a blogger without by even... accident. Mm. Yep. I started by accident, but here's the crazy thing. The minute I hit publish within minutes, I had like 
subscribers. I don't understand how that works either. Mm. But every time I publish, my readership bumps up like, I mean, one month I, it was 300%. Wow. So somebody, I'm guessing somebody's really out there reading it. That's some, some, I think I'm very so. excited. I think so. Well, you see from the traffic that it's growing. Mm-hmm. So that's a really great thing. It is growing. And how do you come up with content? How do you know what to write about? Well, if it makes me laugh, then I think it's good. Um, oftentimes when I'm writing it, these are, these are stories of my life. So to me, I know them so well that they don't surprise me. And um, so I don't really find that they're funny. But yep. when people re- write back to me or respond to me and they say, oh, and that's the other thing that's fascinating. I'll run into people like at a restaurant and they, who I know like, they're like a connection of it, yes. right? Yes, and they'll say, "Oh my God, I read your I read your blog today. It was so funny." It, it always surprises me. Well, of course it does. You just see, because you don't think that people are out there reading it. But exactly, of course they are. I feel like I'm alone in my own little world, right. and I'm doing this thing. But um, but sometimes when I'm writing it, it does surprise me, and I laugh out loud, and then I know it's like a, a keeper. Like my husband will hear me in the other room. He goes, "Are you laughing at your own?" writing. I'm like, yeah, this is really funny. Now, have you ever snorked at snork is the real question. (sighs) I think I have snorked. You might have snorked. I try not to drink Drink anything carbonated (laughs) when I'm writing because that hurts. Oh, makes sense. That makes sense. That makes sense. So when you're writing a humor and lifestyle blog, Mm -hmm. it requires you to be funny. And I have questions about funny because okay. I try very hard to be funny. <laughs> and I think you are. I'm only mildly funny. And I think you're pretty funny. I'm not truly funny in the way that you are truly funny. So is funny something that you just have? Can you get funnier? Can you, like, what, what is it that, that attributes to the funny? Well, one of the funniest, one of the women in the world that people would consider like one of the funniest people was Lucille Ball. Mm-hmm. And she said in an interview, and if you ever saw her interviewed, she was so not funny. And she admitted, she said, I am not a funny person and I don't have a sense of humor, but I know how to play funny. Huh. For me, I, th- I guess being the youngest of four, if you weren't funny and didn't have a good sense of humor, you would not survive. It was kind of like right. a survival technique. And you just, I just see things in a funny way. Hmm. See, I equate being funny, mm-hmm. and maybe like Lucille Ball, now it makes sense a little bit. I, I equate it to confidence because for me, before I make a joke or try and tell a joke <laughs> or do anything like that, there has to be a certain level of confidence that the room is going to think that it's funny. Because if I start worrying that they don't think it's funny, mm-hmm. then I just totally lose it. You clam up. Like, yeah. Yeah. And do you do you see that, the, the connection between confidence and humor? Um, actually, I, I'm going to say that I see it the opposite. Okay. Tell me. I think people try to be funny <laughs> out of desperation for acceptance. I mm. want I want people to love me. Well, who doesn't really at the end of the day? But, but they must really love do. me. They, they must. They it's must. It's not an option. They must, they must love, love me. You. So, um, and I love to make people laugh. That actually makes me feel because good. it makes you feel like you're entertaining them, and right. they like you and love right. you. And hmm. 
So when I would go to these barbecues and dinner parties and tell people I was a stay-at-home mom and they would walk away from me, I would I would be heartbroken. Right. But, like, why should I care? Right. But you have to be funny in order to get them to mm-hmm. like you. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. We've really dissected a lot here. I think we have. I think this is very deep. I think I love deep. it. Oh, is it too deep? Did we go No. Okay. Uh, it's amazing. Please. Come on. Now, so tell me um, a little bit about plans for Snork. So Snork, you refer to it as Snork or Snork Fest? Because I, I do know it's SnorkFest.com. It's SnorkFest.com because Snork was taken. Go got figure. It. Oh, we got to get that. I don't know who has it. We got to figure it I out. I don't know. But it's Snork Fest because yes. I like to envision people sitting around a table reading it and, you know, Uncontrollably. Laughing. Uncontrollably. <laughs> having liquid. Shooting. Yeah. Yes. Um, so my plans for Snork Fest, I, I have a lot of, um, well, I'll give you some upcoming titles mm-hmm. um, that I'm working on. Uh, I won't tell you the content, but I'll just tell you the titles. Okay. Fluffy Got a Brazilian. That's, <laughs> and I, I will just tell you Fluffy's my dog, so don't, yes. don't go there. Um, <laughs> Hot Tub Rodeo. Oh. Mm-hmm. That one I want to read. Yeah. Immediately. Um, what's a few more other ones? Lie to me, L-Y. Okay. Lie to me. I'll tell you what that one's about. Okay. As a writer and an avid reader, I have been sitting Shiva for the English language. (laughs) Because people are just desecrating it. Yes. So lie to me is reminding people to put the L-Y in an adjective. Oh. But I'll try to make it funny. I think it's pretty funny. I don't know. I can't wait. So it's your way to... It's your way, it's your I'm way to be. I'm you. You're being a grammar snob, but in an I amusing am. way. I am. Yeah, that's special. Yeah. I like it. From I can't wait to read police. about okay. Fluffy's Brazilian. Poor Fluffy. I hope there's pictures. Oh, no. I couldn't do that. No, <laughs> that, that would, would be, be indiscreet. That would, would be. I wouldn't do that Actually, to her. Actually, it might also offend. It might offend. It might offend. So you will never find religion. Yes. Politics, politics. Except I am going to write about my run for town council. Well, that is something we have not yet touched on. <sighs> I have to say. It is a fun fact about you that you ran for town council. I have a, there's, you know, every few years I try to come out of my shell and do something completely different. Well, tell us about it. Tell us about that run. How old were the kids when you did it? This was only like three or four years ago. Okay. So, so they were teenagers. Yeah. Or... My, my son is now 19 and my daughter is 16. Okay. And I decided I was going to run. Well, I, I actually didn't decide. Um, my husband has a group of male friends that get together once a month. And they decided that I would be a good candidate to run for office. So without my knowing it, the, um, the Democratic committee vetted me. Uh, they were, like, looking through my uh, election record, my voting record, yes, and yes. all this kind of stuff. I had, I had no idea what was going on. And okay. then they came to me and they said, we've decided you'd be the perfect candidate to run for office. So how do you say no? You have to do it. You have to do it. Especially if you want people to love you. Well, no. (laughs) No? If you want people to hate you, you run for Uh, office. But but politics is is stemmed, I think, from people who want to be, you know. Yes, who have big egos and all that stuff. But for me, I felt like it was a service. Yes. Because when people come to you and say, we really want you to do this for us, and you're also the type of person who has a very hard time saying no— you have to say yes. So um, I had a running mate. 
uh, I have to say, I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I was getting into. And at one point, I said to him, on any level, do you think I'm putting my family in danger by running for office? And his response was, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) That was not the response I was looking for. That's not a good response. That's not a good response. But it was amazing. I would stand out at the train station at 6 o'clock in the morning no. handing out flyers. Hi, I'm Anita Rosner. Did the kids hand out flyers? No, I would not involve the oh, children. Oh, I just picture, like, your whole family there. No. Like, vote for Anita, vote for No, Anita. their picture, I think their picture was floating around, like, the family photo. Okay. But it, it was a frightening experience because I would say to people, Hi, I'm Anita Rosner. I'm running for office. And they would either say to me, oh, they, here's what they would say. One of three things. Are you a Democrat or a Republican? And I'd say, I'm running on the Democratic ticket. And then they would say, you've got my vote or no thank you, which led me. I, I would say to them, OK, do you, I've got your vote, but do you even want to know like what I stand for? Wow. And then you would have the third group of people who would simply say, I don't vote. Huh. I'm Totally so not serious. even really interested in what you stood for, just no. interested in what party you were exactly. in. Exactly. And, yeah. and I mean, this is small town politics. Yeah. Your party really and it could right and doesn't you, matter. Right. And small town politics, you actually really can have an impact. Yes, you can. You can. But it was ugh. So, so you're gonna write about this. I will write about this when it comes time for the presidential election. I will give the candidates some um tips on how oh, to run their campaign. Excellent. But of course, in a non-political way. No. You cannot be political, N- not no. on Snorkfest. No, ma'am. You said it. No, ma'am. I love it. So tell me, so now you have a young daughter. She's how old? Yes, 16? She's 16. She's 16 years old. And what advice do you have for her as she goes and enters, you know, gets older, goes to college, enters the workforce, et cetera. Do you, do you have any words of wisdom for her? If she would choose, would you recommend staying home? Would you recommend not? Would you say whatever you want to do in life, do it? Well, what I've told both my kids yes. is whatever it is you decide to do, as long as you can pay your bills, that's all you need to do. As long as I don't have to pay your bills. <laughs> that's right. And as long as you don't live here. Don't live here. And um, that's all. But I said to them, look, I don't care if you want to be a rodeo clown. Yep. You don't have to make a million dollars. Yep. You have to be able to put food on the table, yep. pay your bills, yep. pay your phone, yep. pay your insurance. That's yep. it. And my daughter, um, I have to be super nice to her because I'm pretty sure she's going to be ruling the world one day. I think she is. Um, she's a tough cookie and she's very determined. And my son is very low key, has a very dry sense of humor, but he's also, he's going to be a real go-getter. Yeah, I really, I have a good feeling about the two of them. I mean, look at their mother. It's true. It's true. So tell me this. Mm -hmm. Have you had to monitor or watch their social interactions or did they miss that were they where were they in terms of using social media and have you do you follow them do you interact with them on social have well, do you worry about them in social media we actually had an incident with mm. one of them with the cyberbullying oh. that got to such an extent that we had to involve the police mm. and when i called the police and they came to the the detective came to the house and i said am i overreacting and he said, 
Mrs. Rosner, your child is being harassed. Mm. And they took it very seriously. And that is a problem. And that's why I monitor all comments on Snork because I will never let anybody post anything derogatory. Yes. Um, people who cowardly hide behind an anonymous yes. post. I, yes. None of that. Yes. Um, but the other part of it is, and this is a little heartbreaking, uh, my son unfriended me. On <gasps> Facebook. Mm-hmm. No. He did. No. He did. But he follows me. That's good. But he does follow He wants follow to see me. what you have to say. Yeah. He just doesn't want you to see what no. he has to say. because he's Can in college Can you follow now. him? But he won't post anything that's public. So he's hiding it. Well, Carrie, if I were to tell you that I had a f- way of following oh. him, I would be letting a cat out yes, of the bag, clearly, wouldn't I? Clearly. Which I would never do. We cannot reveal such a thing. No. And my daughter has a Tumblr. Um, that's cool. But she, you know, she's into like arts and crafts and she's very creative and she likes to write okay. and she also loves to knit. And so she's got a lot of like she belongs to these knitting she groups. She has a lot of and... interest outside of tech. You don't find that you had like the tech addicted kids. Mm, well, they're addicted to that stuff. Yeah. Um. She spends a lot of time online with these social groups for the things that she's interested in. But communities of interest versus just broader base. Yes. Um, which I guess is okay. I and think it, it's and great. it does put her in touch with actual human beings, which I like. Always a good thing. Yeah. Actual humans. But um I really I, I kind of think that life was simpler when you grew up without all of this. Because mm-hmm. if you make a mistake and people it never goes away. Mm-hmm. Like when I was a kid, if something embarrassing happened, you know, it happened at school during the week. By the time everybody came back from the weekend, it was forgotten. You're a kid now. Something embarrassing happens. Somebody took a picture. It's all over the place and it never goes away. Yes. And I think that's really hard. It's different. Mm-hmm. And it is hard for sure. I feel bad for them. I know. It's a different world. It it's is. definitely a different world to have your entire digital footprint mm-hmm. there forever. Which and which. Like they, it's hard. It we does. didn't have a digital footprint. We didn't have a digital footprint. Um, I still, I'm more guilty than they are of like documenting everything. Yes. But I try not to overshare. Well, you don't really overshare. You share through your blog. I do share through you my share blog. share through your blog and you share anything that is representative of your humor. I think so. I, I mean. Th- I give you a thumbs up. I feel that people should follow Anita Rosner should look for you and follow you, specifically on Twitter, to see all of your funny comments as well. Oh, follow me on Twitter. Follow on Twitter, <laughs> at Anita Rosner. And I do think, most importantly, you do need to head on over to snorkfest.com because you will snork. I'm telling you right now. Take a drink, read <laughs> snorkfest.com, and liquid will emerge. <laughs> from your face. <laughs> from your face. <laughs> it's a money-back guarantee. We promise. <laughs> so, Anita, thank you so much for being on today. I hope you had a good time. I did, Carrie. Oh, thank good. You. you are my most special of special oh, guests. It's wonderful Carrie. to have you here. And thanks for coming. And check out Anita on snorkfest.com and follow her on twitter.com slash Anita Rosner. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com.